0: The last time, I introduced what the Catholic Church calls the corporal works of mercy and how they're very much like what we do all the time as moms. Today, I'm sharing how the first corporal work of mercy, feeding the hungry, plays itself out in our lives as mothers. Since the beginning of time, we mothers have been providing meals for our children. From the first moments our children come into our lives, we're the ones who feed them. If others feed our children, caregivers, school, we're still usually the ones who make sure their meals are paid for, check all the school menus, make sure their meals are allergy-free. All those things that go into making sure our kids are well-fed. It's most often us as moms who are doing the meal planning and the shopping for groceries and the cooking when we're home, or at least making the reservations or deciding where we're getting food for the day if we're out. As our children leave the nest, food is usually a really important part of our reunions with them. We cook for holidays, birthdays, special occasions, or at least pick out where we'll meet a nice restaurant, to have that special occasion happen over food. It's a lot, ladies. On the one hand, feeding our families is actually a real privilege. It binds us together with our families, and also with each other as women. I really had a sense of that this past Holy Week. I belong to this really cool online baking group that was created to celebrate the baking history of the local area that I happen to live in. And as the week progressed, mothers and grandmothers were posting pictures of these beautiful things they were baking to celebrate the religious and ethnic traditions that had been passed on to them for Easter and Passover. And they were now creating these same things and sharing them with their families, and hoping that these traditions would be passed down for generations to come. A love of God and family shown out of every single picture, and seeing hundreds of us, and knowing there were so many more, who were serving and loving the same way at the same time. And we had been for generations. It really lifted my heart and brought deeper meaning and actually a renewed energy to my own tasks that week. But on the other hand, being responsible for three meals a day plus snacks, on top of everything else we have to do, can really, really be exhausting and draining. For many of us, feeding our children brings moments of stress, with everything from worrying about health and nutrition and the cost of the food and the hassles we have with picky eaters and providing something everyone at the table will eat, even for some of us dealing with battles with weight and body image, our children's and our own. On top of that, there is a lot of pressure on moms to Get it right. And there are about a million different voices intruding into our lives, telling us what right is. It can all seem like anything but a mercy for us or our kids. When we get caught up in all the stressors of feeding our hungry families, we often miss the most important point of this corporal work of mercy. You see, the nourishment of our bodies is imperative, of course. But just as vital is the feeding of our children's souls, hearts, and minds through connection with each other when we share food. Now consider the fact that it's considered a vile punishment to isolate a prisoner from all other human contact and just push a plate of food through a slot at them. Their bodies may be minimally sustained by it, but their souls certainly are not. You see, our children hunger for connection with us. This is a biological fact. They can only emotionally, spiritually, and even physically thrive. When they experience connection to us, when we don't take advantage of the opportunity that mealtimes create to connect and enjoy being with our children, we're missing a tremendous opportunity to capture their hearts, guide them, form them, create memories, and enliven the love between us. If we look at the New Testament scriptures, we see so many times when Jesus connected with people over food. When he shared meals with them, he knew that those people would pause, eat, make eye contact, listen, talk, and share their hearts. For years, though, I struggled with One particular time when Jesus shared a meal with people. It's the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. It tells us of Jesus being welcomed into Martha's house. And she immediately busies herself, as anyone would when they're having guests, preparing the dinner, setting the table, all those things that needed to be done. While her sister Mary sits at Jesus' feet, and listens to him. Eventually, Martha complains to Jesus that Mary isn't helping her, and tells him to tell Mary to help her. Now Jesus responds, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Ouch. It stings just to think about it. Now, I know Jesus wasn't an ingrate for all that Martha was doing, and that they all, including Jesus, shared in the meal that Martha worked so hard on. So I struggled with his reproach of Martha. Because, you see, I understood Martha. After all, as a mom, If I don't do this particular work of motherhood, we're all going to be starving and sitting in a filthy house pretty darn quickly. And I was sure Jesus wasn't telling us to just sit around and talk all day and never attend to these tasks and let our kids starve and let the dishes pile up. So I really struggled with it. And then one day in prayer, a different emphasis struck me. The words, you are worried and upset, leapt off the page at me. I suddenly wondered if it was Martha's negative, frustrated, and perhaps put-upon attitude that Jesus was correcting. After all, Jesus used food as a means of connection. Mary was engaged in that connection, while Martha's attitudes and words we're actually threatening it. So often we end up undermining our connection with those we love by using meal times as a time to discipline our kids or argue about food or discuss tense topics or to complain about each other's shortcomings. When we do this, we lose so many of the benefits that family meals are supposed to give us and we make our families less likely to enjoy each other to trust each other or to even want to be together now in a future podcast i'll talk more about how to deepen our spiritual lives and the well-being of our families through this corporal work and actually how to deal with some of the practicalities of feeding all your hungry people. But I would like to offer this one suggestion to begin with. Discontinue negativity when you share food with your family. Make it a new rule with your family that whenever you share food, whether that's a big extended family meal or a snack in the middle of the day, or even nuggets in the car before the next school activity, that you'll all work on being pleasant, being upbuilding, focusing on just being together and enjoying your time together. Save the conversations about difficult topics, correction, school schedules, school performance, all of that stuff for a time when you're not sharing food. Now you can still catch up on the day over these meal times, but make sure you talk about one positive thing at least, as well as the struggles of the day. A really neat way to do this was a game that one of my daughter's teachers played with her class every day. It was called Thorns and Roses. You may have heard of it. During this game, Every person gets a bit of time to share a struggle of the day, a thorn, but also a positive part of the day, a rose. And while the others are listening, they're being attentive and supportive and encouraging to the person who's sharing. If you try this, at the very least, you're going to get better digestion but it'll also ease a lot of the dread and anxiety that so many families have internalized about family meals and even food in general. This one practice may help you all draw closer, connect with each other more deeply and bring you more peace and even make pleasant memories that will make your family want to gather for family meals for generations to come. Thanks for joining me today for this confidence Moment. If you want more encouragement, come on over to momfidence.org for the blog and other confidence-boosting resources.